Hi, this is Hallie Warner. And today's leadership quote is from Naval Ravikant. I want to be that guy who is successful, peaceful, happy, enjoying life, blissful, meditative, spiritual, successful, and as healthy as I can be and famous and rich and not give a damn about any of it. If I lose it all tomorrow, I still want to be happy. That's it. That's where I want to be. I'll just make that decision because somebody has to be that person. It might as well be me. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. With so much on your plate, wouldn't it be nice if ordering food for the office were easy and reliable? My friends at Easy Cater are workplace catering pros, helping you find food for everything from daily employee meals to staff meetings and special events. With Easy Cater's network of over 100,000 restaurants nationwide, you'll have a huge variety of options near you for any group size, dietary need, or budget. Your food arrives on time as ordered, all supported 24-7 by Easy Cater's team of experts. Visit easycater.com slash leader assistant to find out more. Hey friends, welcome to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's episode 214. You can check out the show notes for all of the links and info on today's episode, as well as ways to connect further and other resources and notes from my sponsor at leaderassistant.com slash 214, leaderassistant.com slash 214. And today I'm excited because I have a special guest who I actually interviewed a long time ago on the podcast. Um, it's pretty crazy. It's been, let's see, four years of podcast episodes, and she was in episode 17. And so, Hallie Warner, welcome back to the Leader Assistant Podcast. Thank you so much. I remember when your podcast first launched, I was so excited because it was such a much-needed um, uh, voice in the executive assistant and assistant community. So thank you for having me back. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I still, I'm still looking back. I'm like, man, I can't believe I was thinking back to when we first chatted for that episode four years ago and, you know, episode 17, I was like feeling good. Like, all right, I got 17 episodes. I'm doing good. <laughs> and now I'm like, 214. Wait a minute. This is crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You've done a lot of work. <laughs> so yeah. Well, glad to have you back. For those that missed the first conversation, uh, you can check out episode 17, where Hallie and I talk on the podcast at leaderassistant.com slash 17, leaderassistant.com slash 17 to hear the first version. Um, but this is the new and improved interview uh, with Hallie. And so Hallie, why don't you give us a brief overview of where you live and what you like to do in your free time. And then uh, we can get into your professional journey as well. And then we'll talk about some, a little bit of similar topics and how they've changed over the years since we last mm -hmm. chatted, uh, but then also cover some different uh, topics as well. Cool. Yeah. So I am in Vermont 
And uh, I've lived here for quite some time now. I can't believe it, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, in my free time, I love... I Probably not much different than I than four years ago. I still love reading. I try to get outside as much as possible um, when it is not snowing, because I'm not a huge fan of the winter. <laughs> and, um, you know, I really... I know this sounds, you know, I love my work. I really do. And it's not that I work all of the time, but I really enjoy um, creating content, reading content, articles, blogs, um, books, of course, Audible. So I do spend a lot of time doing that. Um, and of course, with uh, with my two dogs as well. And my husband. Can't forget about him. <laughs> uh, last but not least, right? Yes. <laughs> so I have to ask you then, because you, know, you mentioned content and you know producing content you know chat gpt is kind of the all the rage right now and this automation yeah. and and content creation and creation with this ai tool how have you used it or or how have you researched it or how has it changed and maybe even you know rel- relative to our last conversation in what july of 2019 Mm-hmm. How has the world of blogging and reading and, and writing and all that stuff changed for you? Yeah. So when, when I first kind of started exploring chat GPT, I was, uh, I was scared of it at first. And I was like, well, I guess I don't have a job anymore. Um, you know, that's <laughs> always my first thought, you know, when there's new technology or, you know, we make a great hire, even if I made the hire myself, I'm like, well, I guess I don't, I guess I don't need to work anymore. Um, which is never the case, right? It always is just means it's the opportunity for you to grow or for you to level up your skill set or for you to take on new or different responsibilities. So once I really started diving into um, chat GPT, I, I mean, I've, t- I tested it out with lots of different questions. I, I was really just doing it more from a research perspective to see the quality that was coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, what I have found in, in some of our team members who are also, um, write a lot and produce a lot of content, whether it's email campaigns, um, copywriting, blogs, things like that. Um, they find that it is, it's great for if you are having writer's block or if you're just trying to, you know, you're starting to brainstorm some new idea and want to get some either feedback or just get some new ideas going. Um, and then of course, taking that and weaving in your own context? How does that relate to your specific situation, your specific industry? Um, making sure that the... the the And while ChatGPT can do this to a certain degree, um, from my experience, you do still need to add in your voice a little bit, different mm-hmm. punctuation to make sure that it really hits your brand. Um, that may continue to evolve. But as of right now, I mean, I'm certainly using it at, um, at least from like that starting point. Like, okay, I think I'm going to, I really want to write a blog or I want to do a podcast about this. Let's see what it comes back with. Maybe there was something I'm missing that I wanted to, that I want to make sure I include. Mm. Interesting. That's, that's great. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely something you've tried out and researched and mm-hmm. plan on using going forward. Is that? Does that sound yeah. Right? Yeah, I will. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's usually if I'm really st- stuck, I'll kind of jump in. It might not be my first, my first instinct yet right now mm-hmm. is not to go there. Um, but that, that may change. That may change as I, I get more and more um, used to using it and, and going there. Hmm. Nice. Well, uh, we've got lots to, to chat about, but 
just to give kind of a high level uh, refresher of your career. So you you currently are chief of staff to mm-hmm. the founder and CEO of Adam Hergenrother Companies. Mm-hmm. And you also co-authored the amazing book, The Founder and the Force Multiplier, How Entrepreneurs and Executive Assistants Can Achieve More Together. And I believe you just published the or released the second edition to that book. Is that right? Yes, we did. Awesome. And you guys have an audio book and, and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's always yeah. fun looking at the rankings and seeing my book and your your book head to head battling for, for top spots. So it's always fun. That's right. Um, but yeah, you, you originally just give us the short version. Cause I think we got the, into this more in depth last time we mm-hmm. chatted, but you originally were Adam's assistant, right? And then you worked your way up mm-hmm. to chief of staff and hired an assistant. Yep. That's right. I, I was, um, it was 12 and a half years ago. I started as um, a marketing assistant, very quickly moved into like within a few months, moved into his uh, position as his executive assistant when he only had uh, two businesses at the time. And then over that 12 years, um, over 12 years, I have done pretty much everything in between PA, <laughs> EA, operations manager, office manager, all the things that um, a serial multi-passionate entrepreneur does. I was that right-hand partner. Um, and yes, I did end up moving into the chief of staff role more formally. I was doing it informally for a couple of years, but more formally, I I, honestly, the timeline is so fuzzy to me, maybe seven years ago Mm -hmm. um, when we hired an executive assistant and I was really able to leverage some of those um, responsibilities to a great EA so that I could work with Adam on other projects, starting new companies, um, working more closely with our leadership team. And of course, um, where Adam and my passion is, is really in um, coaching, training, leading, and creating creating content that uh, really drives our brand and messaging that, of course, helps all of our companies. Right. Yeah. And, and tell us about the Founder and Force Multiplier brand and how did that mm. come about and how has it changed over the last four years? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it started as um, we were just doing a blog, which was great. I mean, I loved it. I loved doing that. And then that uh, moved into a book in 2019. And that that was fantastic. We started dabbling in coaching a little bit um, here and there over the that couple of years, I think. And then at the end of last year, it was really maybe in 2022 sometime, we were like, well, I think there's, there's more to it. Let's formalize this into an actual company. It's not just a book. It's more than that. Um, so over the course of 2022, we worked on creating our community. We launched additional cohorts. So we hosted um, several small group coaching cohorts last year. Um, we have plans to, uh, write another book. We're working on another book right now. Well, two other books right now, uh, one for the force founder and force multiplier brand, one for our other company. Um, and, uh, yeah. And it just kind of came, went from this blog to this actual, you know, living and breathing company where we can serve a lot more, um, executive assistants and founders and entrepreneurs, because um, the partnership is really our passion in getting the um, the leader and their right-hand partner to be having the right conversations, um, working together effectively and strategically 
and really leading together because I, that's what I, I think that partnership is. I mean, I couldn't do my job without Adam. I, I'd like to think he couldn't do his job without me. So, um, so that's where really where we like, we like to spend time and help, help those two individuals, um, create a really strong, a strong partnership. Awesome. And it's been so fun to watch over the last four years, watch the brand grow and the book, um, you know, gain popularity and, and mm-hmm. all that. It's just been been fun to see. And because you guys have produced a lot of great, great content that um, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, oh man, that's good. I wish I would have come up with that. So you guys are, you guys <laughs> are as do it. I with what you do, right? I mean, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think that's the beauty of having all the different voices and perspectives out there though. Um, because, because we all have our own experiences. And while we have maybe done similar roles over the years, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you've worked more in tech, I believe, mm-hmm. and maybe nonprofits as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and so those are two areas that aren't necessarily my forte. Um, so just having all these different perspectives and industry knowledge, I think is just so beneficial to the community as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, can you give us a little sneak peek? Um, to the founder and force multiplier uh, book that's that you're currently working on, or is it top secret? Um, well, we've kind of we're trying with a couple of different ideas, um, but that well, I'm like which one should I share? Um, <laughs> we have outlines for a couple of different ones. The the book we're working on right now is. Um, called the 200% life. And that'll be out a little bit later this year. That one is more for the Adam Hergenrother company's um, brand. It really is where we blend our business and spirituality conversations, which are a huge part of our, all of our businesses. Um, It is about for us, it is about personal growth and that, and business is nothing but a conduit for personal growth. So that's what, that's one book that we're working on. Mm -hmm. And then um, we have a couple of other books in the founder and force multiplier I call it the series that we're working on. Um, one um, will be a little bit more focused on the chief of staff role. Okay. And then another one we're working on is a bit more about uh, the the partnership and navigating change and um, making decisions together. Love it. Can't wait. Can't me, wait. Me so too. Excited it's, for you guys. A lot, a lot of writing to do. I was going to say, you yeah, you tap into your... chat GPT a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've actually thought about like, well, maybe I'll just write a book that's all chat GPT and just say, so, call it something like the chat GPT assistant. And then just like yes. every chapter is written by, by AI. Anyways, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned personal growth and, and how it relates to career success. Uh, and you mentioned how you all are passionate about how business is basically a conduit for personal growth. So talk to us Mm -hmm. a little bit about your experience and how you've grown to value the, the personal growth side in addition to career and how that relates. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first-of-its-kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus, and enroll today. 
Yeah. So at uh, the beginning of my career, I mean, I, I didn't think about anything, but but work and you know, you know, being the best EA and what did that even mean? And, you know, it was a little bit more ego driven. Um, and that led to being a workaholic, whether I wanted to be or not, but that's what happened. Um, and it was a sub, it wasn't ego that I needed to be on stage or get rewards. It was ego in the, in the terms of I needed to prove to myself and maybe subconsciously to others that, um, I was worthy of the position I had or worthy of being in the same rooms that, cause I was in some great rooms with amazing leaders. Um, so there's all, there's a little bit of imposter syndrome going on. There's definitely ego happening. Um, there's issues of self-worth and, all of that going on, especially in the beginning of my career. And so a lot of the work that I've done over the past, I would say probably five to eight years specifically, has been around, um, whether you call it pers- personal growth, spirituality, but really working on learning how to um, let go of expectations, um, surrender, and and I let go is probably the best way to say it, but start learning to separate myself from the identity that I had created and on the outside and work more on the inside. And as long as you're doing that inner work where you're working on your um, self-worth and you're working on your va- own values um, and you are and you're doing that inner work, it doesn't really matter what happens on the outside because you're already whole and complete inside. Mm-hmm. Um and then the beauty of all of that is when you focus first on yourself, the external stuff becomes so much easier and more effortless and more in alignment. And that to me is where most of my growth came as I just started feeling so much more in alignment with who I really was. And oftentimes I think we talk about discovering who we want to be, but to me, it's actually really uncovering um, and peeling back all of these layers of I- identity, really, you know, I'm I'm a workaholic. I'm a chief of staff. I'm a um, I'm a parent. I'm a I'm a this. I'm a that. And it's actually like really peeling back all of those layers and layers, and not discovering this new version of yourself, but rather uncovering who you already are. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. I don't know if that nice, answers your nice. question no. or not. <laughs> no, I mean it's like I, I talk about it a lot where. It's like if you attach your worth to your work, yeah, you're you're not going to lead. Like you could lead, you're going to burn out. You're going to be totally. held back from your potential. And so I think that's um, well said. Yeah. So, what about being a strategic business partner? Um, what in this, you know, is also related to leading yourself um, and personal growth and all, but. How do you, what is a strategic business partner? What's your kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. 30 second definition of a strategic business partner? And then how do we become a stronger strategic business partner for our executives? Yeah, I'm going to try to do it in 30 seconds or less. Um, (laughs) The strategic business partner, I, I don't know how to explain it other than it is it is two people who have truly decided to be in partnership together to work on one job, you know, whatever it is, if it's the CFO, it's a CEO, two part, two people who have decided to enter into a partnership to do one job, both rooted in their strengths to achieve the same mission, vision, and goal. And that mm-hmm. does look different across, um, you know, it comes in the form of a chief of staff. Sometimes it's a personal assistant. Sometimes it's an EA. Sometimes it's a program manager. 
Um, the title might look a little different, but to me, it's that whether you want to call it strategic partner, we like to call it force multiplier. It's when those two people come together um, and make and really and multiply the the um, effort and effects of whatever they're doing. Yeah, that's great. And uh, I, I think I can't remember if I asked you this before, but just kind of an aside note: what who came up with the founder and force multiplier? name or brand like did you come up with that name did adam come up with it was it just kind of just kind of happen (laughs) you know it was a while ago but i think i um i think i did i was reading i don't remember what i was reading i consume so much content but i was reading um an article and i heard the term um and they were referring to some sort of like military entry maneuver because I believe force multiplier is originally a military term. This was in the days when all I was reading was books about Navy SEALs and Army Rangers and all, you know, and all of their leadership books were coming out. Um, and so I was just like, you know what, that that definition is actually what um, EAs and chiefs of staff are doing um, with and for their executives. So um, plus, I love alliteration. So it just happened to work. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Uh Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about finding the right executive slash assistant match, and and why that matters. Um, you know, you found a pretty good match mm-hmm. and have excelled and and leveled up, if you will, in that organization. How can we find the right match, and and why is it so crucial for assistants to really? match with the right executive? Uh, Yeah. The simple answer for why it's crucial is for like life and career satisfaction. I mean, we do spend a lot of our time working and if you do not have an executive that you one respect, trust are in alignment with their mission and vision, can you do your job? Absolutely. Is it going to be fulfilling? Um, and is it going to be, is it going to fulfill you? Is it going to make you want to get out of bed every morning and really like be a part of something? Maybe not. And not everybody is blessed to have that, but I think that everyone can, if they really want to, because on the other side, I know so many, and I'm sure you do too, so many executives who also want that in an executive assistant, but they're not quite sure how to find that either. Um, so part of the work that we do is making sure that we continue to share that there are EAs out there who really want to be an integral part of the business and be involved and, in, and, in, and in line with everything that the executive is doing. And that we also want to show that there's executives who get it, who are really intelligent, great leaders who understand the value of EAs. So, um, to me, that's why it's important is just to, uh, enjoy your life more in the most basic way in the most basic way. Uh, yeah. So you addressed why, why it matters, but maybe practically how do, how do we find the match or maybe there are there questions or, you know, um, exercises that you can go through as you're interviewing or as you're exploring different executives to work with, you know, maybe tips on, on how we can find mm-hmm. that match. 
Yeah, I I mean, I know it's not always possible, but I would definitely talk to any former employees who have worked there. I know there's obviously some things on Glassdoor. Always, you know, you could take some of that and stuff with a with a grain of salt, perhaps, um, depending on who might be leaving those comments and reviews. But if you can talk to former employees, particularly former EAs, I think that's a that's huge. Or and or current employees, um, that can be hit or miss as well. But it's a good place to start. You're just gathering intel, right? Um I think if you you're the executive that you're interviewing with or the HR department is willing to do behavior assessments and have a conversation around whether or not you're the behavioral match, not just for the position, but for um, to be complementary to the executive. I hope most HR departments or leaders are doing behavior assessments and doing some sort of, um, you know, personality or behavior match. They don't always. You can certainly mm-hmm. ask. Um, and then I also would make sure that you are understanding what their goals are for, um, for the year and, or for their, the company as a whole and making sure that you can see your success, you yourself being successful by helping them achieve those goals. Um, because that's not always the case either. Um, if they're thinking too small and you've got these big goals, well, that's a mismatch right there. Um, and the, oh shoot, there's one other thing I was going to mention. <laughs> of course, I forgot it. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a. I think it's a tricky thing trying to f- to find that right match. But the biggest thing to me is not to give up. And if you are in that situation where you, I mean, you know when it is not the right fit. There, it, yes, there's things that you can do to to try to um, work on that relationship. But at a certain point, it, there's nothing wrong with moving on to somebody who is a better match because that you have the skills, you have the drive, you know, where you want you to take your career. And if you can't do that with a particular executive, that's okay. And moving Mm -hmm. there's no, there's no problem in my mind of moving on as long as, you know, there's, there's good reasons behind it. Yeah. When did you know that Adam was uh, an executive, a good match, if you will? Yeah, it it was um, his, like really it was like his relentless drive to be successful. I mean, I was 25 when I first started working with him. So that was, you know, I was relentlessly driven as well to be successful. Um, So that was a, that was a big one. He had big goals, a big vision, and he made things happen. He wasn't, he wasn't going to just sit around and talk about it. Um, We were making things happen constantly. We were taking risks, trying new things. And he was always, um, transparent in his communication as well as decisive. And I had worked with leaders before who were, um, you know, the transparency was maybe there a little bit, but certainly not decisive. And that was a big red flag to me. Um, I need somebody who knows what they want is going to go after it. And so probably within about six months or so, I was like, okay, I I think we're, we're, we're doing some cool things here and let's see how far we can take it. Mm, That's awesome. Yeah. I like decisiveness as well. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Good trait. Uh, what, so, you know, it's been four years since we published our last interview, basically roughly four years. What's maybe one or two things that have changed or morphed in the assistant world that you've seen? Yeah, I would say the, well, maybe there's two. The, the big ones that I'm seeing right now, and I'd love your perspective on this as well, is um, I'm getting a lot more questions about um, not, not necessarily challenges, but just people wanting to know how to make 
the relationship work between an EA and their chief of staff. So that because of the chief of staff role becoming so much more prominent across all sectors, I'm um, that's something I'm seeing and hearing and having a lot of discussions with with EAs and chiefs of staff around how do those two partners work really well together in addition to you know having that third person their executive mm-hmm. um in the mix now we have this kind of trifecta as i call it of this um c suite trifecta so how do you get all three of these partners to be working cohesively and effectively together and i don't think that was necessarily happening quite as much 4 years ago um or people were not necessarily as vocal about it and then the other thing that i'm always encouraged to see is that the role of executive assistant continues to gain more, um, at least I believe it is, and I want want to continue to see this, that mm-hmm. it is gaining more visibility, more inclusion, more respect, um, and is starting to and people are starting to see how much impact these roles can have on companies, and not just from the EA community, but from other leadership coaches and from other um, C-suite leaders, they're really st- starting to see and understand the impact that a great strategic partner can have on their business. Um, I love the term executive business partner. I've seen that a lot more over the past four years. Um, so those are those are just kind of two inter- interesting trends that I've been noticing. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I've been seeing similar trends as well. And I think it's exciting that there are yeah, more. Another thing would be like even just more resources out there for mm. assistance is nice. Um, yes. So that's great. Well. Yeah. Hallie, what what's kind of your parting thoughts for listeners for our conversation today? I appreciate you being on the show again. And what's maybe one thing you want to leave the assistance of the world with um, as we wrap it up? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a big one. Um, well, you know, I'm going to leave you with another quote because this is something that I've been really uh, maybe contemplating a lot lately. And it's a quote from Glennon Doyle who wrote Untamed. And her question is, what is the truest, most beautiful story about your life you can imagine? And I think that if we all took a bit more time to really think about that question and and find inside what that answer was, it would be a very um, interesting and beautiful world if we were all living that truest, most beautiful story about our lives. Wow, that's really good. Well, I put you on the spot and you delivered, so I appreciate it. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Well, where's the best place for people to reach out? Um, yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is always great, but really, if you just go to founderandforcemultiplier.com, um, you can find us there. All of our resources are there and you can always just shoot uh, me an email or come hang out with us in our community. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll put all those links in the show notes, leaderassistant.com slash 214. And people can reach out and find out more about the great work that you all are doing for the assistant community and the chief of staff community and the executive community. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. It's been fun chatting with you again. And uh, maybe next time we won't have four years in between it, but we'll see. (laughs) Thank you. Please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullows.com